Hey everybody, I'm here with Meadow Zatel, who regularly kicks my ass in Equinox classes. Meadow is an amazing fitness instructor. I am so excited for her to be on. So, welcome to my podcast, Meadow. Hi, so happy to be here. So, today, Meadow and I are going to talk about how to set and keep a New Year's resolution, specifically as it relates to fitness. So, before we begin, Meadow, I have to ask. What are your resolutions for the new year? Well, being in the fitness industry, I definitely always find myself having New Year's resolutions that are more fitness oriented. This year, I decided that after a long time coming, I wanted to start making my own app. That is so badass. Can you tell me what it's called? I actually don't have an official name for it. Still working out the kinks. I'm leaning towards the sesh. The sesh. I like that. Every time I take a class with you, I'm like, God damn, that was a good session. Sometimes I cry. It was so good. Like one time, really one time after I took your weightlifting class, tears in my car. How does that make you feel? That makes me feel like I did a good job. So Meadow, can you tell me, what do you think is so special about the new year? Why do people set resolutions around this time? Well, I think New Year's resolutions have been around for a really long time, well over what we know it as, probably more like over 4,000 years. I feel like this beginning of the new year feels like a great time for people to have a new year, new me. I feel like it's human nature to want to be better. And the new year gives us this hope that we can make ourselves into something different essentially go into the year as a caterpillar and come out like a butterfly. Reflecting on your 2023, do you feel like a butterfly? Absolutely. My life has been so crazy. I am definitely a butterfly. Yeah, by the way, because this is audio only, Meadow is really beautiful. She definitely looks like a butterfly. Start a caterpillar, emerge a butterfly. People always like getting better. Sometimes people can set resolutions to get better that they don't necessarily follow through on. What resolutions do you feel like people have a hard time sticking to? Well, New Year's resolutions can range anywhere from I want to quit drinking to I want to run more. But I find that most of the people that I meet, especially working in the fitness industry, are all trying to lose weight. And the problem with that, well... If you Google how many people fail their New Year's resolutions every year, it's around 91% of Americans, which doesn't give us much hope. 50% of Americans by three months after the New Year. So that's a little disappointing. <laughs> I had no idea 91% of Americans fail at their resolutions. 91%. Really? Yes, 91%. And it is 100% apparent for us as group fitness individuals because we're the ones that get to see the gym circulate with so many people. And then all of a sudden, you guys just disappear. Looking at your face now, you've got a very interesting look behind your eyes. You almost look mischievous. You look like you're thinking, oh yeah, what are you going to come in and try to get better right now? How many new faces would you estimate you see taking your workout classes at the beginning of the year? Is always slammed, usually during our prime times. Prime times being after work, so that, you know, 5 to 7 or 5 to 8 p.m. window. The classes go from having anywhere between 8 to 20-something people to 
slammed to the wall, 35 people maxed out, up to 40 people in the yoga studio, and up to 10 people on the wait list. It gets crazy. Very interesting. So just for my listeners, I'm at the gym all the time, before work, after work, on the weekends, meadow knows. Something I noticed last week is that literally no one, no one is in the gym. It's just me and four other people. I kind of feel like that middle school kid sitting alone in the cafeteria because he went in during the wrong time. Why do you think your gym is empty now? I got some more questions about the whole tons of people showing up at the gym, but like, why do you think it's so empty and, and no one's here right now? Well, of course, we can attest the emptiness mostly to people's holiday plans, but then you can also attest it to the amount of people that are using the excuse of all starts in the new year, or my favorite, the I'll start on Monday. <laughs> what do you think about those sentiments? As somebody that has tried and failed and tried and failed and tried and succeeded multiple times with my fitness goals, I can honestly say that I'll start Monday. It never works unless you actually start on Monday. Meadow is giggling her head off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's really pretty. So she's got a husband though. Sorry, guys. So you say, people say I'll start on Monday, and they don't do it unless they actually start on Monday. That seems like common sense. Of course you're not going to start on Monday unless you start on Monday. Can you tell me what you mean? I'll start on Monday always turns into, well, Monday was busy, so I'll start on Tuesday. And then, well, Tuesday was a little rough, and so then it turns to Wednesday and so on and so forth. And then the next thing you know, I'll start on this Monday turns into three Mondays from now. And that's how we lose track of where we started to where we are now. And all of a sudden, it's been three years. Just kidding. Are you kidding? I don't think you're kidding. I, I feel like I've untapped some, some anger from a fitness professional. Your hands were moving. Your face was a little scrunched. Before we ask any other questions, before we talk about anything else, I have to ask, how do you feel when you see people fall off the bandwagon of their fitness goals, of going to workout classes, of eating healthy? Internally, what are your feelings towards them? Well, you would think that I would experience anger, but in fact, I find that people that fall off the wagon are already angry enough at themselves. And I know that I have also fallen off this wagon and criticized myself intensely. So the best thing to do when you fall off the wagon is really to be kind to yourself. Reanalyze your goals. Look at them for what they are and ask yourself, is this actually realistic for me? What makes a resolution or a goal realistic? What would you say would make something sustainable for someone to set? Since I'm in the fitness industry, I see a lot more fitness goals, and so I'll make my statement based on that. I think that when people are trying to make a specific fitness goal, they focus more on the losing weight aspect. I think that in our culture, the stigma around weight loss, I should say, it's become unhealthy in regards to comparison. I believe that making goals that are more specific and include an actual timetable and maybe even making it more focused around a movement goal. With my clients, my one-on-one -on -one clients, the most successful people that I've had that have lost well over 50 pounds in our training 
they had movement goals as opposed to weight loss goals. Because inevitably, when you start moving, the weight comes off. All right, let's scroll back. So in each class, if you see about 40 new people with weight loss or movement goals, be healthier goals, what point of month or year does it start to taper off? Typically, during the month of January, it is going to be slam-packed, filled, all day, every day for the entire month of January. Right on February 1st is usually where we'll start to see that taper off for sure. How many new faces would you estimate stay for at least three months? And how about six months? And maybe even the entire year? Well, the statistic that I found on Google was pretty spot on when they said that 50% of Americans would be failing their goal by three months in. By the third month of the year, we are back to normal amounts of people in the classes. The evenings are still busy with the normal team of people that love to exercise, working hard every day. But the people that were there for their New Year's resolutions that failed are all gone by that time. Very interesting. What advice would you give someone to stop them from falling off the wagon? My advice is if you don't know how to do something, you can always find out how to do something. And if you can't find out how to do it on your own, find a professional that can help you. There are so many wonderful fitness apps out there. There are so many tools and devices that you can use, and they're all at your disposal, and many of them are free. I think the other thing that makes these goals actually attainable is not setting your bar so high. And that's not to say that you shouldn't set a high bar for yourself. But for instance, if you've never been a runner, making a goal of running a marathon within three to six months might be a bizarre way to start the new year. You would want to start maybe getting out there and walking if you're not exercising, moving your body. These goals should start with something measurable. So you recommend people set pragmatic goals, right? That they make the goals realistic for themselves. So if I've never worked out Let's say I maybe, I don't pay attention to weight at all. I don't know what 20, 50, 100 pounds overweight looks like. Let's say I'm 25 pounds overweight and I don't exercise. I don't really work out very much. What would be a pragmatic goal for me? Essentially what I'm asking is, how do you know if a resolution is realistic for you? Many people that have goals that are fitness related, it's not their first time trying usually. And even if they're saying, I'm a beginner at something, most of the time, we've at least tried once or twice, if not more, and failed. And I think it becomes really scary to try to start on that path again. And so I think that when it comes to making a goal that is going to be right for you, you first have to look at how you failed the first time and try to come up with why you failed the first time, and analyze that. Many people fail the first time because they just felt too tired or a big life event happened. When you start to exercise, if you go too hard too fast, your body gets really, really, really tired. And of course, the more that you move, the more energy that your body's going to produce. But you also have to take into account that 
if you haven't been moving, there's going to be sore muscles involved. There's going to be a really hungry stomach that does not know what's happening. Your mind is going to be feeling different. The entire system will be going through a crazy new thing. And it's not an easy road for anybody. So in order for you to come up with a goal that works for you, the best thing to do is pick something simple to start. You have to take a step before you can run, right? You have to take a step before you can run. What are five resolutions related to fitness and health that the average American, and by average American, I'm going to say maybe parent who works many hours, has two or three kids, and is maybe 10 pounds overweight, right? They're not unhealthy, but they might want to tone up a little bit or get into better shape. What are five simple resolutions that they could set for themselves in the new year? Well, five might be a little... Well, really? A lot of times if we make too many goals for ourselves, it starts to become very difficult to get to them all. And when you fail at one, the next one becomes less important, and then the next one becomes less important, and then it gets harder and harder until we just throw them all out. If I was going to make a fitness goal that revolved around physical fitness for, let's use the person that you described, not necessarily super unhealthy, but wants to tone up and get more healthy. The goal that I would give to this person would most likely start with drinking more water. And then from there, adding maybe a class once a week. But first, nailing that first goal before moving on to the second one. The best way to stick to these things is not by thinking of them as I'm doing this as my New Year's resolution, but more of this is going to become my lifestyle. I would not have anticipated drink more water as a resolution that someone should set to be healthier. Why? Specifically, not why was I surprised, but why did you say that as a resolution? So at my gym, we use something that's called the in-body scan, and it gives us a lot of readouts for the entire body. So essentially, a person stands on this scale, and it gives us the readout for all these things, including the body fat mass of the entire body. It shows us lean muscle mass in all of the limbs and trunk, visceral fat levels, which is the fat that surrounds your organs, which we don't want to be too high. And then it also shows us if someone's hydrated. Now, one of the reasons that hydration ends up on that is because it is so important. When you're not hydrated, your body cannot work properly. It is one of the most important things that you can do for your body. I have seen so many people that end up even in the hospital from being dehydrated. Dehydration can cause hair loss. Dehydration can cause all sorts of dysfunction in your body. Dysfunction with your digestive system. It can cause headaches. Nine times out of ten, people not drinking enough water is the reason for many of your problems. Very interesting. So far, you suggested set small goals that are realistic that you can actually stick to. Are there any pros to setting extremely high resolutions? So at the beginning of last year, I said, I'm going to work out in some way every single day. And I did. 
Sometimes that every single day was a walk around the park with my dog, but every single day I got active. According to you, that would be an extremely high resolution. Another high resolution could be, I want to lose 200 pounds by the time the year is over, or I want to go from a size 12 to a size 2. Those are pretty, I would say, high resolutions. What are the pros and cons of that? Are there any pros? For someone that is already very active, this to me doesn't sound like too high of a resolution. But for someone else who hasn't been exercising like the people that I meet within the gym for 10 to 15 years, they have all sorts of dysfunction in their body, tightness, that jumping into something so strong might injure them. And so when it comes to making a very high resolution, there can be some pros associated with these things, but not for many. So the way I'm thinking about this, let's say I'm 200 pounds overweight and I want to lose 150 pounds. Or I'm extremely sedentary and I want to move from zero hours a day exercising to, I don't know, like two. Two seems kind of high if you're not exercising at all. Two hours a day of exercising. To me, I feel like someone would do this and they might not achieve their goal, but like they would achieve more than if they had set a smaller goal. What do you think about that? Is it like you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're already setting yourself up for failure? I just, I've never thought about it like that. I always set really high resolutions for myself. So that way, if I don't achieve them, I've still achieved more than what my baseline was. So tell me, what do you think about that? I think too high of a resolution is almost always the case when it comes to the people that fail at them. Self-sabotage. When it comes to somebody that is trying to lose a ton of weight that has been sedentary, if they try to jump into a workout plan of two hours per day, most of the time this would be relatively too intense, even if it was just walking. For someone that is hundreds of pounds overweight, this is going to be very difficult for them to do on their own, not to mention probably unsafe. People that are overweight, that have waited so long to finally start their goal, they usually have this very unrealistic idea of how fast something is supposed to happen because we want it now. So unless you're consulting a doctor or another type of professional, nobody should be going from a size 16 to a size 2 within a year. People can feel discouraged by that, though. You're right. We do want things very fast. As someone who used to be overweight, when I was overweight, I would work out and then I would get so frustrated with myself because the numbers on the scale, like they would move down and then I would eat more and then you know, they'd move down again. And it's a vicious circle. You know what I'm talking about because you are a fitness professional. Many of your clients probably have the same problem. For someone like that, for someone who yo-yo diets and yo-yo fitnesses, what resolutions would you suggest for them? I also have battled being overweight and I have also battled the yo-yo dieting as well. So it's something I can connect with as well. Be consistent. Be consistent teach yourself that you can be consistent because when we continuously make goals and fail at them, it makes you not want to even think about actually making another goal because you'll just fail. 
but that's not really the truth, which is why I make simple goals like the one I described about drinking more water. Seems simple enough, but if you do that, you just taught yourself that you can follow through with this one simple thing. It opens up this door to being able to step into another goal. You make that other goal happen, and then all of a sudden, you're not the person that can't achieve anything anymore. You're the goal setter that crushes it. Maro, I have to say, when you said, you're not the person who can't achieve anything anymore, you're the goal setter, kind of sounds like you were talking to yourself. I am. There's a reason why I am in the industry I am. I have lived so many different lives within this industry, within the fitness industry, within other physical fitness related activities like circus, with directors telling me that I'm too heavy or I'm too old or I'm not flexible enough or I'm never going to be this or I'm never going to be that. And I proved every single one of those people wrong. And so can everybody else. How would you recommend people channel anger, frustration, or pride injury into achieving their recollection? Oh my god. My resolution for this year is to work on my enunciation. I am a native English speaker. There is no excuse for me to be having this many issues on my podcast with pronouncing things. Good god. So it sounds like you channeled your anger and the injuries towards your pride towards achieving goals. How would you recommend other people do that? Can you describe the process of that to me? I think that a lot of times when people are angry, they're not necessarily just angry about not achieving the goal. They're angry at themselves. And as sappy as it sounds, you have to forgive yourself for not achieving the goal or not doing the thing the first time. You have to leave yourself room for error because no one's perfect. The person that you think is perfect is not perfect. They go home, same as you do, with their problems. And everybody struggles. And I think the biggest thing about making your goals is you cannot keep comparing yourself to everyone around you. And so with those steps, <laughs> eliminate comparison. Eliminate that self-hatred and step into something else, something better. Meadow, I have to level with you. I have not ever found self-love to be a motivating factor in any change I've made in myself. When I was getting in shape, it was really self-anger that propelled me towards losing weight and to getting in shape. What do you think about that? What do you think is more motivating for people? I would say that love makes a little bit more of a productive motivator. But anger can be just as good. Before I found the self-love way, you can bet that there were moments in my life where I needed to lift something heavy. <laughs> Not wanted, but needed to get my anger out. I had what I call Forrest Gump moments where I just started running and kept running. I mean, not as long as he did, but <laughs> for, you know, 15 miles <laughs> until... My body ached. Sometimes I would work out until I puke. That's not necessarily healthy, but it is part of me and it is part of where my journey took me. And it's real. Wow. Again, it sounds like anger is what propelled you to where you are now. Do you think you'd be 
the same level you are now if your journey had just been more tranquil, more serene, placid, calm, accepting. Like not going to work out instead of getting angry at yourself or not going to work out going, oh, it's okay, body. I'll go next time. When it comes to a person's journey, it's what makes me. So if my journey hadn't been difficult, I probably wouldn't appreciate it the way that I do. I definitely don't think I'd be sitting here the same way I am with you. Not with the same passion and the same drive. There's a saying, nothing great ever came from staying inside. <laughs> I could have been tranquil and serene inside my parents' house or something <laughs> like that. But I chose to step out and be something else. And all of those little steps and all of those wrong decisions and all of the right decisions make me who I am. What words of encouragement would you give to someone for when their journey gets really hard? Because it always gets hard. That's a tough question because everybody's journey gets hard for different reasons. Some people simply just lose motivation. Some people get really busy with work. Some people have big life events get right back up on that wagon and take a step in the right direction. Whether it's a tiny little step, doesn't have to be a big step, but I think that it's important to celebrate the little victories as opposed to always putting yourself down for not doing enough. What about when someone falls off the wagon hard? Let's say my goal at the beginning of the year was to lose 50 pounds. I get to May and I've lost 25 pounds in a healthy and sustainable way. I think losing 25 pounds January to May, I think that sounds pretty, that's healthy. That's like not crazy. Maybe it is. I don't know. Let's just say I lose half of the weight I plan to lose halfway through the year and I fall off the wagon hard. You know, I go back to binge eating. I'm not working out. I'm watching television all the time. I am back where I was. What would you say to me? The truth is that you're never actually back where you were. And I think that's the funniest part. When I see somebody that has circled back to bad behavior or whatever they deem is bad behavior, it's not the end of the world. You can still make those changes. But circling back to the small amounts of change at a time, if you change too much too fast, you cannot sustain it. I mean, there's only a very small handful, and according to Google, it's only 9% of Americans. Making those small changes make it part of who you are, as opposed to, this is me, I'm dieting right now. If you can create yourself a new lifestyle, those other things fade away. But it doesn't mean that you're not going to be making mistakes. When I see people with their fitness goals fail, Normally, it's because there was some sort of holiday which resulted in heavy eating, heavy drinking, or something like that. And my advice to that person would be that vacation doesn't mean we turn off all of the things that we've been working so hard for. Vacation doesn't mean that I revert and change everything that I believed in at the beginning of this year about myself. There is still a way to be mindful during holiday. There is still a way to be getting active when you're with your family. There's always a way. And it might not be the sitting on your butt that you used to do, but 
that's a different person than you are now. So holidays and celebrations are a trigger point for people to fall off their wagons. What are some other trigger events, things happening that people should be aware of? And what would you suggest they do? You know, I feel like our society tells us you're going through a breakup. It's okay to eat a whole pint of ice cream. You're sad. It's fine. What would you say to people who are experiencing those sorts of events? And how would you recommend they stay focused? High stress situations can always be so triggering. And I think that everyone is guilty of falling into those temptations in your time of need. There are so many healthy ways to deal with stress. And like you were saying, society tells us that all of these things that aren't necessarily healthy for us are, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I am a healthy person, but I'm still very much guilty of eating an entire pint of ice cream. <laughs> it's almost like they paint this picture, like ice cream somehow actually makes it better. And I think that everybody knows that ice cream tastes so much better on the way down than you feel after you eat that pint. That's not the most relatable thing that I've ever heard. I got an easier question for you, which is what flavor of ice cream is your go-to? My favorite ice cream is chocolate chip cookie dough. So I'm allergic to wheat, but I remember when I was a kid, I would open those pints and I would just eat the cookie dough. And my mom and my little brothers would get so mad at me for this that they eventually just stopped buying cookie dough because I would just eat the best parts. My flavor is pistachio. That's my favorite flavor of ice cream. You know, I read something that was like, ice cream is actually healthy for you, and I'm just going to choose to believe it. So speaking of what society tells us, I got a hot mic question for you, Meadow, and it's totally okay if you don't want to answer it. But it actually involves my resolution for this year, which is that when you talk about dieting or wanting to stay fit, people can get very angry with you and accuse you of being fat phobic or contributing to toxic diet culture. I could not care less what people do with their bodies. I just know what I want to do with mine. My goal this year is to stop letting this chatter from social media where you see like nutritionists eating straight from the pint of ice cream and like binge eating food and saying, oh, this is okay. It's fine to do it every once in a while. For me, I can't do that. Like if I do that, I'm off the wagon. I've learned that about myself. I really want to set some cognitive boundaries between me and what I'm reading. What would you suggest for that? There is so much fake news on social media. Just as much news as you described with people being disappointed with you for being fat phobic or for body shaming when you just want to be more healthy or seek something that is the difficult road that somebody else tried and failed. When going into social media, first of all, people that have certifications don't necessarily also have degrees. And I, I like to look at those because it helps me see what kind of professional that you are. A lot of times there are people that seem fit that are putting out all this fake news on how to do something. And I hear it and I've seen the science and I say to myself like, wow, if somebody follows what this person is saying, they're they're going to be really disappointed. And so I think, honestly, put the phone down. <laughs> Just put it down and get educated. There are so many great books and websites that have real 
information that's not just false because social media tells us too many things and it just gets so it almost gets dizzying with the amount of information we're fed it's not just social media meadow i hear this language quite a lot you know saying i want to lose weight is fat phobic and can be triggering for people what advice would you give to someone who is saying, I want to lose weight, I want to eat healthier, and they're surrounded by people who are saying things like, no, you don't, that's misogynistic, that's rooted in ableism, that's rooted in a patriarchal society. What advice would you give to someone who has set these goals for themselves, is following them, but the people around them, their reference group, is not supporting their goals you know it could be for a myriad of reasons and i don't even think the reason matters like let's say you're losing a bunch of weight and your friends are like are you sick are you okay are you eating what would you say to someone who's getting pressure to revert back to their former self honestly for a lot of people i feel like that's what causes them to fall off the bandwagon right it's like crabs in a bucket crab gets to the top all the other crabs pull that crab back down get a new bucket just kidding are you? Not exactly. So people have friends, people have family. And I think that's one of the biggest things that holds people back. For instance, I have friends that come from crazy big families and every single family event is surrounded by so much food. There's more food than there are people and it's on purpose. And this happens multiple times per week. How does one survive their goals in an environment like that? And they will constantly be hearing from their parents, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, oh, why aren't you eating? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Obviously, if you're surrounded by a lot of people that are trying to get you to revert, you have to stop listening. I mean, as long as your goals are healthy, I don't see there being any problem with ignoring those people. It is your goal, not theirs. It is the thing that you want, and it shouldn't be for anyone else but you. The conviction behind your eyes, as you said, each of these things is very strong. It's very intense. Again, I feel like you're talking to yourself. Your eyes are so intense when you've said some of these things. It's really great. I wish I could get a video. You're just like, no one's gonna stop me. I'm, I'm a badass. Haters have tried to push me down, but they were wrong. That's what your face is saying to me. So Meadow, we are coming up on time, and I want to ask you, what day do you think people should start? Today. You don't need to wait until the first or Monday to start. Start today. Start today. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, Meadow. It's a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for having me.